Hello! Welcome to a new episode of Movie Cinema Film with Lee Russo and Jordan Freed. Hello, I'm Jordan Freed. Yes, and we haven't done an episode since what, October? Correct, it's been a long time, not October. We did one mid-year episode, I think. Currently, I'm looking up our password. Um, <laughs> but you were... No, it, it, it was like October because you had Halloween decorations in here. Really? Yeah. That... Oh, wait, no, October was this year. My bad. Because <laughs> it was Joker. Wait, when did Joker come out? I thought we were like further along in the year. Sorry, this year has been a very long year. We've been through a lot over here. Yeah, it's yeah. been a very, very, very... Long year. Jordan and I are still traumatized from the weekend because we had many, many, many princess events. It was like 265. <laughs> um, but it was good. I got to uh, play an ice harvester, which is someone I've never gotten to play before. Mm-hmm. It was great. You did a great job. And you're going to do it again on Thursday, which is dope. Yes, I'm, I'm very excited. excited as well. I can't even find the place where all of my passwords are on my computer, and that makes me kind of sad. Jordan's looking for it right in front of me, though, so I'm going to know it, guys, and then I can infiltrate his life. Yeah, legit, like, I'm so paranoid that people are watching me. Oh my gosh, Walgreens emailed me, and they're like, hey, we think that somebody stole your password and tried to break into your account, which, like, why my Walgreens account? I don't have anything on there. (laughs) Like, it's just what I used to buy my you know, shampoo and conditioner and <laughs> like, so I was like, uh, and then they sent me another email before I even responded or changed my password. And they were like, Hey, uh, we think that because we think that you have multiple passwords on multiple different websites that are the same password. And we think that's how they figured it out. So just have like a heads up your, all your other accounts are about to get hacked. Oh my God. That's so stupid. That should not be our password. <laughs> Why do we think that was a good idea? That is really weird. Okay. I'm going to log in. I'm going to log in. You can just leave it in there. And if you put it in on your phone, then we never have to worry about this again because it's on my phone. Yes. Okay. And then that's Anchor. Gotcha. Okay. So if you guys have telepathy through audio recording devices, you could figure out exactly what the passwords are. <laughs> Yeah, so what are we going to talk about this episode? Well, we're going to talk about the globe. Not the whole globe, but the golden globe. The wealthiest globe of all. America. Capitalistic America. That's where we are today. <laughs> well, the uh, the globes are decided by the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, so it's it's kind of like world capitalism. It is. It is the richest people all over the world come together and they pick the movies that reflect their values the most. The Golden Globes. Mine is Hustlers. I've been robbing people. Um, wow, spoiler. <laughs> Spoiling the Golden Globes Wait, already for not, people. The password's not working. It's not? Here, why don't you try to do it? do it, yeah. <laughs> all right, Leah. Um, talk about what you thought when you saw the Golden Globes, because I'm going to find the passwords again. Yeah, the nominations were... Eh, they were okay. I was very happy because my top two of the year are Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman, and though I was surprised De Niro didn't get a nomination and a little disappointed, I also keep in check that the Globes don't really matter and are just for fun. I mean, in my eyes anyway. So I, I, I think like... Thank you. Save, save password. 
I Everybody think that... save your passwords so that yeah. Tim Cook steals them and then sells them to the Chinese. And they, that will happen, so just prepare. Well, it has happened in the past already, and we are now just living the existence afterwards. Wow. The last post I put was on February 25th, and then, uh, what's his name, Richard E. Grant stole it. <laughs> he stole our post and then did not credit us, which sucks because we could have gotten so many followers from his account. That is pretty funny. <laughs> it's okay, Richard. I love you. You were unreal in Can You Ever Forgive Me? And uh, Even though he didn't win the Oscar. He didn't, but he deserved it. I, I've watched that movie multiple times all year. I think that, that for me is what really, even though you have to do your top of the year list, like at the end of the year, or at the beginning of the next year, like before the Oscars, like we did, it's like the movies that end up being your favorite are the ones that really stand the test of time that you end up watching throughout the following year. Like you continue to watch them over and over again. Can You Ever Forgive Me is one I've watched many times. Hmm. I can't get enough of it. Wow. So, yeah. Anyway, I, uh, what do you feel about the Golden Globe nominations? I feel uh, very disappointed in them, but also not surprised. Like, once again, it's the foreign press, so it's people who, yes, are reporting oftentimes on American cinema, but they are looking at America from afar. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't surprise me that they would very much want to reward Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino just because that is like American film and that is what like made the foreign press and made the press in general mm-hmm. was being able to uh, talk about how great these American directors were and really glorify American directors I and love they're them. the kings they're like the kings of like fetishizing American film also like I don't think there's directors who jerk off the film as much as them I mean, God, can you imagine the two of them in one room talking? Jesus. I think we're probably going to see it, right? There has to be a round table at some point, I think. Yeah, I mean, I also, you know, I am sensitive to the criticism that's been kind of exploding since they came out, which is, you know, uh, there's no female directors nominated. There's very few women directed on the technical side of things. And, you know, I mean, I, you could argue the only reason why actresses are even nominated is that there's a category for them. <laughs> yeah, legitimately. <laughs> and also it's very, very white. Uh, yeah. As usual, but yeah. we should say it just to... Yeah, the thing is, like... Just to call it out, I guess. <laughs> I there were a get, lot of great films this year. <laughs> yeah, but I always get, I always get stuck with this, because, like, I do think the two best movies of the year... Or three best movies of the year, like which would be for me, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, The Irishman, and Parasite. They were all made by men. I'm not saying at all that women are not as good at making films as men, but this year I found the top three to be men. I'm not really decided fully on my top five, or like if I had to pick five nominations or or <laughs> or six nominations, if there would be women in there, there might be, there might not. I don't know, but I think. Like, yes, women made a lot of good movies this year, but there's not, there's still not as many even being made by women. So it's like, there don't even, there isn't even the opportunity for them to get in there really because there's so few. But I'm really excited to see Little Women. You know, that, that might make it into my top 10. I'm maybe. So. I just saw Queen and Slim last night, and that's directed by a woman. Which woman? 
uh, Melina Moustakis, I think. Okay. Is her name? <laughs> I'm I like, think. which woman? Melina Matsukis. That is exactly Matsukis. what her name is. What? She has made... She has a cool hairstyle. Jordan's Googling her at the moment. And I'm she at her. has a lot of education. And she did formation. She did a lot of work for Beyonce. Oh, So cool. she does have a lot of experience being very cinematic. And how did you feel about her movie? Uh, I definitely think that this is, like, a classic film. Really? I, yeah, like, I think it's good as hell. But, like, obviously the subject matter, it begins, like, the first scene, we came in late, and, like, it's literally, like, a, like, officer pulls over a black couple, officer shoots a black couple, black couple kills officer, and then is on the run. And that's basically the premise of the film. So, mm. yeah. I'm just, like, depressed my whole life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It is just a very, like, complex film, and uh, it doesn't help that the media surrounding it is just that it is the cop-killing film. And also, like, even in the film, like, we're sitting here today, and there was the big shooting in Jersey City that a, uh, a police officer was shot. Um, and, like, even in the film, they, like, address the fact that, like, oh, like, if you kill a cop, like, and you, like, glorify it, like, are you saying that, like, you should kill cops? And it's, like, no, no, that wasn't, like, the point of the film. And, like, the film addresses that very clearly, that that's not the point of the film. The film is, like, addressing the fact that there's a lot of bad people who have done bad things at times. And, like, good people need to step up and kind of be above stuff and see the love and the better things in life. Or else we're all just going to kind of end up more violent, I think. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend the film. It was very stylized, very cool. Lena Waithe wrote the script. Uh, and she's obviously one of the probably best writers we have in the Hollywood system. How were the performance lists? Like the two leads? Oh, Daniel Kaluuya is always great. And then uh, the actress who was super good as well. Uh, what is her name? Blah, not I'm gonna get it. Jodie Turner Smith. She was awesome as well. I don't um, think I've seen. I don't think I know her, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing my movie. There's a bunch. We should go to the movies after this. Maybe. What have you not seen? Uh, I still have to see Knives Out, but I'm seeing that with Brendan O'Brien. Brendan O'Brien, uh, friend of the pod. I know him. Yeah. Um. So, yes, we could see that. I just don't know what Brendan's doing. I was planning on going to do stand-up tonight. Where? There's, like, this black box theater in Englewood mm -hmm. that has a stand-up open mic. I like Englewood. So I figured I'd just check it out, do some time. Um, yeah, wait, hold up. Um, sorry, I was just making sure that I told somebody where the mic was because mm. I was reminded of that. Jordan is an extraordinary stand-up comedian, everyone. You should go see him. Aw, thanks. <laughs> I always enjoy your sets, as well as Rena's. Yeah, specifically if you guys want to go to Trenton, you guys should DM the Movie Cinema Film Podcast account. Weedman's Joint. New Jersey Weedman's Joint. Um, as it is seen a, on Viceland. As seen on Viceland, it is a 420-friendly venue. And you never really know what's going to happen. The festival gets more and more fun every week. We're there every first, second, and third Wednesday of the month. We have some very weird stuff planned for January already. Like, there's going to be some very homoerotic wrestling one day. 
Um, we have some music this week. I don't know if this episode is going to be out in time. Um, but Stoner Morning Show is going to be on next week. When you guys are probably listening to this, you guys will be able to look up and be like, wow, it's December 18th. I'm going to go see Stoner Morning Show, which is my good friend Sean Wickens. I used to do stand-up with him in the city. Uh, he does this show with his friend, who I forget the guy's name because I wasn't prepared to do promo, but we just started talking about this. That's how organic we are. We, we have are no real, notes. Man. The only notes we have are Wikipedia in front of us, looking at the Queen and Slim page. Yeah. Well, since now, on Thursday, uh, uh, we're doing our event in the afternoon, I took off work, so I don't have to get up early, so I was thinking of coming on Wednesday, finally. Sweet. Yeah. Everybody come see an improv set from Leah. <laughs> are you coming to perform or chill? I mean, what were you, were you, I guess were you joining. Perform, were you coming yeah. as a performer? Or? No, I was coming as an audience member. But like, if you need a blonde, we always we always have like a little improv jam with our friends who we know, whoever comes through, like people who have been in our troops at one point or another. Uh, sometimes the stand-ups even do improv with us. Love that. It gets very weird. We're probably having some musical improv, as I said. Yes. Um, cool. I've done probably, like, an average of, like, 25 to 30 minutes of comedy each one just because of the amount of stand-up that I have to do because people don't want to drive out to Trenton. Mm -hmm. But when it gets warm out, everybody's going to be there, and it's going to be wild. Um, so maybe you guys should start coming out now before it gets too packed, you know? Yeah, you want to be on the top of it. You don't want to show up at the bottom, you know? Yeah. Also, all good things come to an end. So this might be one of those we good things that come on. to an end. Who knows? Greener pastures. Make sure that you hit up New Jersey Weedman's Joint every first, second, and third Wednesday of the month in Trenton, New Jersey, 355 East State Street. Brought to you by the Weedman. Yes, yes. All right. He's very loving. Should we break down these nominations? Go I think we them? should. We're going to start with your favorite uh, category this year, probably. <laughs> uh, best performance by an actor in a supporting role in any motion picture. Hell to the motherfucking yeah. Okay, first of all, I just do want to uh, acknowledge, yes, these are all older white men in these uh, in this category, and we should legitimately change. <laughs> these like the people who were voting on this could have not watched any movies this year and just picked these five people, right? And just assumed these guys are probably really great in these roles. We don't even need to watch, but uh, look, I love every single one of these guys, and I've only seen uh, two of the movies so far. It's uh, let's see, you want to read them? It is Tom Hanks playing Mr. Rogers in A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci in The Irishman, and Brad Pitt in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I uh, Can I just share something with the audience? I was never that big of a Brad Pitt fan before. Wow. I mean, I thought he was fine. Like, I thought he was a good actor. Fine. Yeah, I thought he was a good actor, and I thought he was good-looking, and, and that's it. Not amazing. But now I basically... You know, live for him. He, like, this year completely changed my opinion of him, and now I've gone back and watched a couple of Brad Pitt performances I hadn't seen before, and, you know, I think I, I would love nothing more than for him to win this because I love this role for him. Cliff Booth is everything. I really think he brought... 
<sighs> he brought so much to the film, as well as Ad Astra, which I'm sure he's not going to be nominated for because people have no taste. But <laughs> I still want him to win this as much as I love the Irishman performances. And then I feel like Tom Hanks probably is phenomenal, but, like, does he need another Golden Globe, like, for this one? No. Anthony Hopkins, I haven't seen two popes, but, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy as long as an Irishman or Brad Pitt wins. Yeah. Honestly, Brad Pitt, Americana right there. It's good to see him back there in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's better he's than ever. Since he's been, like, the movie star for the longest time. And, like, really nobody's overtaken him, I don't think, as, like, being the better American movie star, right? Like, is there a better American movie star who's, like, what he served? Like, I think... the hot and cool movie star? Like, I don't think there is that. I mean, I guess Leo. Like... Yeah, before he became a weird dad kind of figure. <laughs> I don't know. Like, Brad Pitt wasn't even ever, like, a weird dad figure when he became a dad. Like, he was still, like, hot Brad Pitt in... Well, you know what? Honestly, <laughs> like, I, I I, try to say, oh, I'm all about the art, and I am. I, I love the artistic side of things, but I also am very interested in, like, the personal lives of actors, and I do read a lot about, like you know, their relationships, their family life, uh, like, any mental illnesses they have, things like that. Like, I, I'm very into all that stuff. Like, I, I don't even care. Oh, go off. What's going down? No, it's not that anything's going down. It's just I read, like, because I knew about, obviously, him and Angelina and all that Wait, stuff. Wait, so what's the thing? I don't know what the thing is. Just, you know, that that he, he ha- uh, he's been in treatment for alcohol abuse. Oh, he's an addict. And that is why she left him. You know, they were on a private plane going somewhere, you know, that they used to kind of have this dream life where they travel the world all the time with their, you know, amazing, huge family, and they seem to be so in love, and, like, you know, they started off so controversially with him cheating and all that kind of stuff, but, you know, they did all their charity work, and they worked so hard on, they all made, you know, they made great movies, their kids seemed to be in a great place and everything, and they just seemed to have this dream life, and then it all abruptly ended when, they were on this private plane. Apparently, Brad was drinking. He got um, in a fight with Angelina, and then one of their children kind of stepped in between Brad and Angelina and was on Angelina's side and yelling at Brad. And uh, possibly there was some kind of physical altercation between them, and that Angelina left him right on the spot and filed for divorce, which still isn't final because of their like massive, massive fortune and all these properties that they have. and. The division of assets and apparently their oldest son Maddox who is the one who got between them isn't even speaking to Brad anymore and it's just really sad I think I think even though like we look at these celebrities and stuff and think that they have it all and I'm sure like I, I'm sure like that wasn't an illusion like I'm sure at one point like you know they're both you know they're in love they're rich they have these dream careers they have these beautiful children they have all the money they could ever need they have you know successful careers like I'm sure at one point yes it was this like dream scenario so to lose that I think even though he's still Brad Pitt it's like he publicly was outed as you know someone who's out an alcoholic and abusive and you know this you know woman who you know was such a part of his life but just you know dropped him like that that's really tough I think maybe that's why I, he now appeals to me more than ever because I can I feel like I can kind of see the pain in his performances and maybe I'm just projecting all this and I'm putting it all together in my own mind but like most of what I said is factual like it's not like gossip it actually was uh, like confirmed in a report like he's talked about before that he was using alcohol as a crutch and everything like that and 
you know, it really is sad. Like, I, I really do feel for him. Like, I don't just think, oh, he has everything, whatever. You know, I, I, I feel like if he wins, I think it's going to be so deserved because I think he's using his pain and all the shit that he's been through the past few years and channeling in these performances. Like, even though Cliff Booth isn't this person who's in intense pain, like the character in Ad Astra, yeah. it's all there. <laughs> it's all underneath the surface. Like, you're pulling from somewhere. He has a he has a bigger well of experience now, you know? I think he's better than ever. I love Brad Pitt. I'm just going to say that. And uh, he's single now, and I just, that's all. I'm just putting it out there. I think that is very... Uh, wise? Wise. Yeah. And I think I definitely view him how he should be viewed after you said that (laughs) 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 i was not uh keyed into the gossip as much as yeah i mean people who have problems like that are always more interesting to me yeah like people who've been through shit that's who i want to hear from i don't like as much as you know of course like i would if i'm picking a partner for myself i would want i wouldn't want to you know pick an alcoholic just out of nowhere but like those kind of people you know you have to get to know the person and like yeah people have issues and that to me is not like it's not a turn off it's it's more of a turn on like it's like yes you've been through shit you know what life is actually really about and you know how hard things can get and so if you come out on the other side of that which apparently now he is sober and he goes to aa meetings and stuff like that i think that's great like he's working on himself that's that's very cool to me i'm i'm rooting for him i'm rooting for you brad i also am rooting for you brad yes <sighs> yeah, no, I think he was great. Um, I thought Al Pacino and Joe Pesci were classic. Unbelievably phenomenal. No, like, I mean, what, what can you even say about these two? Jesus. Um, ah, yeah, we don't really need to talk too much about this category anymore. Wait, no, I do have a question, because I actually, I thought, I thought I, I, I talked about this with Brendan, not you. Oh, okay. We're the same person, if you guys didn't know, Brendan and I. There are some subtle differences, but sometimes I do get confused about who I talk to certain things about, and I'll start telling Brendan a story, and I'll be like, oh, I already told you this, never mind, and he'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that was Jordan. Uh, which which performance did you prefer, Jordan, Al Pacino's or Joe Pesci's? Um... To be honest, it all kind of blended together. Really? Yeah. Two very different performances. Well, like, they were, like, they were good performances, but, like, I was just, like, this, like, none of the performances really stuck out to me besides De Niro, I guess, and, like... Really? That's, that's not what I've heard from a lot of people. That's a hot take. Elaborate. Uh, I don't know, like, just, like... I guess, like, mm, also, mind you, I watched, I've watched this a lot less than you've watched this film. Well, so, everyone has. Yes. Um, <laughs> I've had it just on. Can we put it on now, actually? Because we're looking at birds. Yeah, no, we're looking at birds. The birds are not Italian uh, playing Irish, so it's a problem for me. 
like they all just played the parts that they play and I was like good like you did you're a professional like of course you're gonna do well like that's how it felt to me a lot of the time was I was like I want to know what the screenplay is because like obviously Martin Scorsese has wanted to get the story out for a very long time and he's been working on it in like our area and like passing by places that we frequent Mm -hmm. and like that was more what I was interested in yeah. yeah less the performances and people coming back because like I don't know like, I do get excited about people coming back, but, like, I also get excited about new stuff coming in just because there are so many new people who have been kept out for so long. Yeah, yeah, you're all, Jordan's all about, like, the new next idea, and I totally feel that. I think I'm more of a traditionalist. Like, I'm more like, this movie comes out, The Irishman, and it's like, it's not just because, like, Marty was my first paid job, even though I do feel, like, closest because of that. It's because, like... That, like, I'm, I'm anti-establishment in so many ways, but when it comes to, like, the film industry, like, these, you know, the, this kind of antiquated thing of, like, these guys are the best that have ever done it, and everything that they do we have to bow down to, like, I do feel that way. <laughs> like, I'm 100%, I, like, I'm, I'm the easiest hook for this movie ever, so, I mean... Probably... Well, I think Martin Scorsese, like, does deserve that. Like, is there anybody in the film industry who has a bad thing to say about Martin Scorsese? Like, no. I think... Like, he earned it, and, like, this crew has, like, earned it, and, like, they're very clearly, like, trying to, like, be kind of woke old white men in their own ways, and, like, using the machismo that they used to, like, peddle <laughs> to yeah. become millionaires, like, but he's <laughs> to always, America. But he's, he's always commented on that machismo. He's oh, always yeah. He's always called it out and, and mocked it to a degree, you know? And, I mean, I think, for me... The, the the differences in the performances here are huge. Like, you know, Joe Pesci is playing against type. He's not playing the character that he's played in, in Marty's other films, or really any other films. He's he's playing this more calculated, calm, and... Do you mean, was it sad to see Joe Pesci frail? No. I mean in that in that in the last scene at the nursing home in the, you know or the or the jail, yeah. I mean you know, he's playing this character that is so reserved compared to what we've seen in the past and it's it's even better like it's somehow even scarier, you know, for him just to be like it's what it is. Like this is what needs to happen. Period. It's like this these decisions of like who gets murdered and who doesn't are just the most casual decisions like yep this is what needs to you know just the same way of me being like yep we gotta throw that costume away it's been used a lot and mm-hmm. it doesn't look good anymore it's like the same thing for them for just kill it like killing a human being so it's like you know and then compared to Pacino's performance which is so loud it's Hoffa it's like this you know man of the people for the unions who you know so you know some say took a step too far and overstepped his boundaries and that's why he's not here anymore you know I mean, I, I can't really decide which performance I love more. I think a lot of people are saying Pesci's was the better performance, and I agree. Like, I do, but at the same time, I've always been, like, if it, it like, so many people compare you De Niro. You watched The Sopranos or didn't? Of course. Okay. I watched every second of The Sopranos okay. multiple times. I thought you did, yeah. I was just thinking, uh, Everybody, you know, compares Pacino and De Niro, and I've always been more in the De Niro camp. Like, obviously, Pacino's amazing, but I'm a De Niro girl. But in this one, like, the first time I watched it, actually, Pacino was really, like, the the person I enjoyed most in the film, I think. And then the second viewing, I was more like, okay, this is De Niro's movie for sure. But, like, 
I don't know if I had to vote right now for Pacino or Pesci. I don't. I don't know that I would be able to. I need to think about it a little while longer. Watch the movie like five more times. It looks like it's going to be a Brad Pitt win, though. I hope then, so. Just because so I don't have to decide. That. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's I would. Obvious I'd now. vote for. Brad. I just ugh. two nominations for the film, but then none of them win. I think that's kind of fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go on to best performance by an actress in a supporting role in any motion picture. Woo-hoo. Kathy Bates and Richard Jewell, which now is problematic because apparently I don't know anything about this. It's about like the bombing at the Atlanta Olympics or something like that. When? And apparently the journalist who found out about it, who's now not alive, like is portrayed in the film as like using sex to get answers and she didn't actually use sex to get answers wait kathy bates i don't think that's her character i think it's somebody else's character maybe it's the the lead actress and richard jewell i don't i don't know too much about the story to be honest i just know that this is the controversy that came out today i don't know anything about i'm honestly behind i don't know anything about it it's about like there's the security guard who like said that uh atlanta was like an Olympic event was going to get bombed, I think, if I'm getting this right. And then he calls in and he's like, oh, it's going to get bombed. Like, I found the bomb or something like that. And then everybody thought that he was a suspect. Oh. So then it was just like the aftermath of that, I think, is what it is. And kind of Clint Eastwood talking about how hard it is to be a white man in America. Oh, this is Eastwood's movie? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Annette Benning in the report. Love her, haven't watched uh, it yet. Diane Feinstein. Um, Laura Dern in Marriage Story. Flawless performance. Oh my gosh. Uh, without really seeing anything else, like that was probably it. Yeah, I think I don't think you get really better from, than that performance. Okay, keep reading them. But uh, Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. My queen. Also a great performance, but in a very different way. Um, both very good character roles, I think. <sighs> I love J-Lo. I want her to win this. And then Margot Robbie in Bomb Show. Haven't seen that yet. Playing, what's her name? Uh, Megan uh, Kelly? No, no, no. Charlize Theron's playing Megan Kelly. Oh, yeah. I I, have not done my research on any of this stuff, and that's why you listen to it. So I am voting for J-Lo, even though I don't vote on the Golden Globes, so I hope they get my email. But uh, J-Lo, I just want to say I'm going to go off right now, and you guys are just going to have to buckle up, get a snack, and deal with it. I love J-Lo. I literally have loved J-Lo my whole freaking life, like since I was a baby. Like, like love her, okay? And I have dealt with a lot as a J-Lo fan, okay? Because I have constantly, before like this year had to defend myself for being a J-Lo fan, which is so stupid, but, Well, like, also, that's very, like, racism from where we're from, right? Like, that's definitely, like, media racism. I don't know, but what I would always hear is, like, I would bring up J-Lo, and people would be like, she, she's not an actress, or she's not a singer, she's an entertainer. Yeah. And I'm like, well, even if you think she's the worst actress of all time, she is still an actress. That's also coded racism. People. Like, if what you just the say that somebody's an entertainer what? as opposed to just saying the things that they actually do professionally. Yeah, I'm like, okay, like that's. I'm like, she's an act, she is an actress, like, and you know, or people would say, oh, she was great and out of sight and Selena, but after that, you know, fuck her or whatever. And I would always be like, really? Like, I mean, 
I love her music. I think some of her movies, yes, are terrible. But, like, even I love De Niro. Some of his movies are not watchable. I have shut off a ton of De Niro movies in the past 10 to 15 years, in the middle or at the beginning. He makes really horrible movies, too. Why is he not discriminated against constantly? Honestly, they're, like, hilariously, like, in different worlds, but, like, kind of similar careers. Like, they disappeared for a very long time, and they did a bunch of cheesy stuff. Like, she's just on the internet and, like, does business stuff. De Niro just says, fuck you to Trump. <laughs> I love, I love his interviews. He's everything. But, you know, I mean, I once heard a joke that said, like, you know, at this point, De Niro's just kind of, like, lost. Like, if you send a car to Tribeca, he'll just get in and go shoot whatever movie you take him to the set of. <laughs> you know, which some of the movies he's done, it kind of seems like that's not a joke. It kind of seems like that's true. Like, Dirty Grandpa, like... Can we talk? Um, I just... <laughs> but that was with Zac Efron, right? Was it? Or no? Is that, that supposed to be, like, an excuse for doing that movie? <laughs> uh, I feel like if you're Robert De Niro and you're, like, trying to kind of be hip, like, Zac Efron is, like, cool. We've seen his decisions and they tend to be cool. Yeah, he's, he's definitely gone a more interesting route than he could have gone being, like, that he became famous from High School Musical. For sure, yeah. But, like... like he's so funny in the beach, bro. I, see, I still haven't seen that. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. But but anyway, I I have always been, like, defending J-Lo. Like, you can literally go back on my social media, and I've been like, J-Lo's the best. I went to her concert this summer, and I was, like, blown away. It was my first time seeing her live, and, like, I just think she's amazing. I really do think she can do it all. I think that she chooses some poor movies, and I think she's, like, put that on the back burner in the past to focus on, like, either her music or her clothing line, her perfume, like, all the shit she does. Her children, obviously, she has, like, 10-year-old kids, so, you know, for the past 10 years, that's been a huge thing in her life. Like, understandably, she hasn't been, like, you know, it's not, like, in 1999 or 2000 when she was, like, literally killing it and selling the biggest and having the biggest movies. But... I'm so happy because I feel like, yes, she does have a tendency to do movies that are kind of more like lowbrow or maybe a little bit like, you know, glossy and like kind of shallow movies. But like she also has this like niche that she can go into, like this hustler's role, which is so perfect for her, which is like, yes, like part of it is her own vibe and personality, which is like this Bronx girl, like on the streets, tough, like, working toward what she wants. But then, of course, there's this other aspect of the role that is not what she's like, where, you know, she's okay with hurting people in order to get money, and she's okay with hurting people as long as she gets what she wants and what she needs. And I think she really portrayed the role well, but honestly, like, when I watched the movie, I was expecting, like, more of, like, more of what, like, um like, more of a dramatic performance or something, because I'm a fan of J-Lo, so I think even in bad movies, I think she's good in them. Like... I'm always like, like I watch Hustlers and I'm like, she's always this good, you guys. Like you're just, you're just being jerks, basically. <laughs> but that, um, that her opening, that, that uh, dance on the stripper pole, which I told you, I warned you and Brendan before you saw it. I said, you know, like I am not attracted to women generally. Um, but I couldn't stop thinking about that for like a week after. I was like just in my head over and over again. Especially the part where she's, like, in the middle of the pole and her body is somehow laying flat across the pole, like, into a cross. Like, I don't understand how that physically is possible. So, like, I think she deserves it. Laura Dern gets enough critical praise. Every single thing she does, critics go haywire for it and worship her. 
I think same thing with the other actresses, basically. I mean, Margot Robbie probably hasn't been as critically worshipped as, as Annette Bening and Kathy Bates and Laura Dern, but... Although Annette... Oh, wait, no, never mind. I don't think that Jennifer's going to win the Oscar. I really don't. I don't think that she's... I don't think she's gone that far where they're going to give her the Oscar, but I do think she could win the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes are a little bit more about star power, and she has a lot of star power. She's the one who's going to show up on the red carpet. She's going to look like the most glamorous, like flawless thing in the planet, and they're going to... I think that she has a real shot at winning this one, and I hope she does. Really hope she does. Awesome. Yeah. I told you I was going to go the fuck off. Yeah, no. I think that's a great time for us to take a quick commercial break because I have to be a Uber driver for my girlfriend. Yes, and we'll probably have a guest appearance by Rena Ezra. She has seen Exciting. a lot of these movies that we're going to talk about <laughs> and some that we're not going to talk about. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Hi, everybody. Since we've been gone, we realized that Rena is Adam Driver from Marriage Story, and I'm Scarlett Johansson from Marriage Story. Wait, what does that make me, the lawyer? Uh, <laughs> and am I you... Alan Alda, or am I Ray Liotta? <laughs> or am I Laura Dern? Ray Liotta, wow. Great. Wow. Both of, both of the lawyers, great, great performances. I'm happy for him to have another amazing role, too. I mean, he's another one that, you know, had kind of like a height in Goodfellas and hasn't done as many fantastic roles. I mean, you would think, after Goodfellas, you would think there would have been more for him, right? Uh, yeah. No, but he's on uh, that cop show. With J-Lo. With J-Lo. Shades of Blue. Look, I know the J-Lo. How very convenient that... (laughs) Yeah, wow. They must have the same agents. (laughs) <laughs> wow. You know what? Maybe. 100%. They're definitely in the same agency. I'm just calling that because they literally well, are in I the mean, same they, shows. They they're both are in the narrative right now. Yeah. Uh, all right. So are we moving on? Yeah. We're going to skip song and feature er, and score just because, like, I don't really care for the Golden Globes about technical <laughs> awards. It's not. It's kind of bullshit. Yeah, it's Golden more Globes about technical awards. star power, I feel like. Yeah, so we'll skip on to Best Animated Feature Film, something that affects us very much. <laughs> yep. It is Frozen 2, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Those are the same movies, How to Train Your Dragon, colon, The Hidden World, The Lion King, Missing Link, that's that animal in the sweater, Yep. right? And Toy Story 4, another one for Tom Hanks. I mean, Frozen 2 is probably going to win. We think it's definitely done. Kristen Bell is just a lock for everything now. I love Kristen. It's her time. Yeah, I think Shepard's doing the promo for her on his podcast every day. I love He's not them. that good of an actor, but she is. No. I disagree. No, no, no he I is good. That. He is good. Idiocracy is like a classic film, and now he gets tied to that for the rest of his career. Yeah. And like, that's fine. I, I, think. I love him and everything, actually. He's really great on Parenthood. and. Uh... I never watched that, but I feel like I would like that. Michael B. Jordan's in it too, right? Briefly. Yes. Yeah, we've talked about it on the show for sure. Yeah. We also talk about Dax Shepard a lot. I love him. And how we want to be a third player in their relationship. Onwards <laughs> to the next category. Yeah. Now, have you seen any of these things? I've seen Besides Frozen, Frozen 2, 2, I've seen The Lion King, and I've seen Toy Story 4. I saw just The Lion King, and I saw it at the drive-in, the Warwick Drive-In. Yeah, Shout out to one of the longest-running 
drive-ins in the country, go out, pick your apples, see your movies outside once it's March 1st. Walk down memory lane for me and Jordan, who were raised like five minutes apart but never saw each other until two years ago. It's our energies. They've always been intertwined since our childhoods. Uh, yo, I've been, <laughs> I've been <laughs> teaching Jordan about, like, all this spiritual alignment, synchronicity, and you're picking it up really well. Actually, you and Brendan both have been, like, because I feel like sometimes when I talk about stuff, especially because I have a tendency to be, like, very detail-oriented and, like, long-winded, people are like, okay, 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 and then they don't really listen, but you two, like, actually really listen to me and are now picking up all of my tendencies, and I love it. Well, when it comes down to it, I think I'm, like, the biggest, hey, Roommate number two has just walked in. It's her good, good friend, Rebecca. I don't know if she wants her last name on here, Sonny Gursky. If she well, doesn't want you just said it, it, I just, so. I just outed, outed her. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, well, she's wonderful. I hear she's a very talented actress. Oh, my God. Well, it's so funny that me and her go, like, back Oh, well, I know she's a talented actress from, like, sketch and stuff like that, but I... <laughs> I'm sure she's she a great. Is, she will one day amazing. be a great cinema actress. Yeah, as I put well, her in my Is what play. I meant by that. And she was the only one for the role. I told them they were like, "Oh, maybe these other people." And I was like, "No, I'm casting Rebecca." This okay. is movie cinema film, so we don't really see theater as being art. Um, <laughs> but oh yeah, uh, one I day both of my roommates uh, will be in films. <laughs> Excuse me, um, you're talking to the star of American Idiot. I played what's her name in the uh, Cherry Blossom Players production. You're talking to Warwick Valley High School's McCavity from the production Whoa. of Cats, so I do understand the value of theater. Okay, so we're basically like, you know, we're the theater stars of the Hudson Valley slash Burton County area over here. Just saying? Yes. Alright, what's next? We're going to go to Best Foreign Language Film. Parasite. Oddly enough, the most interesting Parasite. competition, I think, because no, it might not be Parasite because it's against The Farewell. The Farewell is so, like, it's fine, but it's nothing compared to Parasite. Whoa! No, yeah, they're very different films. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I think they're both, like, very classic films and two amazing films by great directors and... I do think it's going to be tight because, like, The Farewell is very easy to understand and also, like, rich people aren't going to vote for Parasite. They have to. They're not going to glorify Parasite when they have, like, their kids being taken care of by (laughs) nannies and they have, like, all their houses being cleaned by people and all their dogs being walked by people. Like, they're not going to vote for Parasite. It's wild that it even got this far, but it's also the foreign press. Yeah, we've been in some fancy houses lately. I feel like we could pull a parasite scheme. Oh my gosh, I also walk dogs, and I'm just, like, walking (laughs) through, like, all right, this is your view? Like, you're literally just looking at New York City, like, all right, cool. Oh, no. Yeah, more power to you, though, if you make money. Enjoy it before Bernie Sanders is president. (laughs) Say goodbye to that extra wealth. Pieces of shit. God. Have fun making 100k like the rest of us. That's honestly the worst thing about when Bernie Sanders is president. It's just like everybody's going to be making 100k. Really? And that's going to be so bad. Everybody's just going to be making 100k. I don't think that's bad. I would like to make 100k. Please. The median salary is supposed to be like 82k. Wait, by I a Michigan many... economist. I wonder how many princess parties we would have to do for me to make $100,000 a year. Oh my god, it would be so many. 
Not as many as you'd think, though. Not as many as you'd think. I, we need to get weekday parties more. I need to fill out my week, bitch. If you guys have kids, <clears throat> hit us no, up. Don't call me. I hate talking on the phone. Email me. Email us. <laughs> NJ at gmail.com. So, Leah's pretty convinced it's going to be Parasite, no doubt. She has not seen Pain and Glory, but I she really is going and out on a limb and saying it's not the winner. And I really want to see Portrait of a Lady on Fire as well. What, What's the other where one? Where is that from? Les Miserables. Okay, I don't care about that. Um, it is a French Les Miserables. Maybe that's interesting. Maybe it's better. Maybe. Uh, Portrait of a Lady on Fire. What is what is the story around that? Do you know anything about it? Um, you just want to like see it? It's like an intense look. Look, there's our sign. Aww. <laughs> um, it's, you know, oh, yo, nice. it's Rhino Comedy in the Irishman. Um, anyway, so it's a, all, all I know is it's an intense lesbian movie. And, oh, word. And it has, on Letterboxd, it's like a 4.4 or some shit. So I really am interested oh. to see what that's all about. Nice. Shall we move on to best screenplay motion picture? Yes. Alright, we've got uh, Anthony McCartan, The Two Popes. I have not heard much about The Two Popes, besides that it's good. Did Netflix buy it? Is that true? I don't know. I think Netflix bought it, but I'm not positive. Uh, Quentin Tarantino for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Steve Zalian for The Irishman. Bong Joon-ho and Jin Wan... Han for Parasite and Noah Baumbach for Marriage Story because I guess women didn't write any of the scripts this year no actually no women wrote scripts at all the and entire it's year just best they male haven't, yeah no women haven't women don't know how to read or write weirdly it's like amazing if you actually ask the woman to read something in person on the spot she can't do it so that is the situation we're dealing with, and uh, out of these nominees, which one do you think should take it home? Uh, this one is kind of pretty wild. I feel like, if anything makes sense, it's that Noah Baumbach is going to walk away with the screenplay category because he has no chance of winning anything else, probably. At least in the foreign press. You don't press. think he has a chance of winning anything else? Uh, Wait, him specifically or the whole movie? The whole movie. Really? Yeah. Interesting thought. Okay. Uh, I just think, like, there's this Quentin Tarantino and, like, Martin Scorsese, like, train that's going into these award shows, and we're about to get steamrolled by, like, old Hollywood being like, we still own this bitch. You're damn right. <laughs> I legit think that's what's about to happen. Like, it just makes sense, like, what I was saying with the film, like, Parasite. <laughs> I really hope so because I mean I the thing is like I do want Parasite to win like but I the thing what I really want is the Academy to grow a pair of balls and nominate Parasite in best picture not just best foreign film and I'll be happy if that happens if as much as I love Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and The Irishman and I really want to see one of them take best picture if Parasite won best picture I would be so thrilled because it would mean like a step in the right direction toward you know, celebrating foreign films, celebrating, you know, stories about people of color, and even more than that, take all of that out of it, just the, the 
the boldness of the storytelling, the sharpness the of it. Story about class, yeah. But not even that. Like taking out taking all, all of that, like all the social good. stuff, all of that. Just the story, t- just how good the story is, and <clears throat> and the the editing of the film and. Every single detail of it, the production design, like the home that they're in, the way the actors move, everything, like it's so, like I want the edgy, as much as I love these movies by these classic directors that kind of like wrote the soundtrack to my life in some ways, I want this like edgy, interesting film that's different to take it as well. So, you know, let's let's hope the Academy has some guts and see what happens. On to the best director for a motion picture. Bong Joon-ho, Parasite, Sam Mendes, 1917, which is a war flick that I heard was... Is it like a single shot or some shit like that? I don't know. I haven't seen it yet, but I love... I heard there's a gimmick. Sam, because of American Beauty, is one of my top movies of all time. Same. Although I definitely can't read it the same way as I used to read it, given... The outside narratives, yeah. <laughs> that he I literally can. is like known for having sex with high schoolers. I can because I can. I think that movie is so good that I can separate it. Like on a daily basis, if I see Kevin Spacey, I'm like, ugh. But like that film is just perfect to me. So yeah, it's a little too true for me at this point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> down to him getting killed for getting accused of being gay. <laughs> like Jesus Christ he is like Kevin Spacey is definitely in the Illuminati and I'm definitely going to get killed for saying that Wait, onwards but they must have kicked him out <laughs> well he has to get embarrassed that's part of being in the Illuminati oh oh that's you have to you get mean. like same as like Kim Kardashian got her sex tape released Kanye West has been exiled by all the people who can love I just him. say like <laughs> She looks gorgeous in that sex tape. I don't know why she had so much work done. She looks amazing in that damn tape. That's all I have to say. I watch it daily, just so everyone knows. Anyway, um, what's the next nomination? Wait, did we say which one is going to win? No, we only got to Sam. Oh, Todd Phillips for Joker. Yeah. Martin Scorsese, The Irishman. And Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, I always want Marty to win it, everything. I have a bias, of, and I love him deeply, but uh, I also want Quentin to win. I also want Boon Jung Ho to win, and I wish, I mean, Bong Joon Ho, excuse me, and I wish a woman was nominated, at least one. Like, fuck Todd Phillips, he shouldn't be in there. Joanna Hogg disappeared from conversation. We don't even know what the souvenir is in American culture. I didn't watch it yet, but I'm excited to see it. I do want to see it. I mean, I've it's heard been it. buried by its producers for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really, I really want to see. I feel, I'm kind of disappointed Greta Gerwig didn't get a nomination because I thought that they'd all be on that train again after. Lady Bird was so beloved, and it because I really liked Lady Bird, but I think Little Women sounds really interesting, like what she did with it, how she kind of took it in a different direction, and I really like the trailer. I think the trailer looks so good, so I'm really hoping that that gets some awards traction, as well as you know other films directed by women. Like it does really Queen suck. And Slim. Yeah, like that. Little if woman, anything I'm was like, like an auteur, like you can't watch <laughs> Queen and Slim and not say this was like 
in auteur's work. Like, Melina Moustakis, like, did it and, like, made an artful piece of cinema and yeah, like, I'm not stylized gonna, it. We talked about it already, so I'm not going to talk about Joker, but, like, that is not best director material to me. I'm sorry. Actually, well, I'm not. Fuck everyone. Fuck them. I'm not sorry about anything. I, I just think Joker, yeah. Like, people are getting wooed by, like, this meta-narrative that, like, oh, it's a copycat film in a time of copycat films. And, like, legit, that is all we're doing is glorifying a film that's just, like, glorifying or not glorifying superhero movies and, like, the idea of, like, not having intellectual property that's new anymore. <laughs> well... Which is a very interesting topic to make millions and millions of dollars this year. <laughs> Parasite is an original, <clears throat> isn't it? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is an original. Yeah, no, Parasite, I would be, like, very happy. That is, like, the type of films that we should have every year, Parasite. I hope so. Any Bong Joon-ho film, like, we're blessed to have him. It is good that, like, he's alongside Martin Scorsese and Quentin Tarantino, because, like, they have been, like, the GOAT directors for a very long time, and he is definitely one of the GOAT directors right now. Mm. Like, just from his very few works that we've seen so far. Like, I don't think there's anybody at making films that, like, tight. Yeah. Next up, we have Best Performance by an Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. I'm going to go on a limb and say it's going to be Taron Edgerton for Rocket Man, but it could also be Eddie Murphy in Dolomite Is My Name, or Leonardo DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, or Roman Griffin Davis in Jojo Rabbit. Was that the kid? I didn't watch Jojo yet. And Daniel Craig for Knives Out. I, I think Taron Edgerton is overrated. Um, Whoa, hot take. And, cool. I mean, he was good, but like, do I? Am I sitting here remembering some some uh, amazing moment from that film? No. So, I mean, of course, like, I want Leo to win. Did you watch Dolomite? I didn't watch any of the other movies except Rocket Man. <laughs> so. uh, just by the Hollywood Reporter website, they put up a picture of Eddie Murphy, courtesy of Netflix. So Netflix is putting their horse on Eddie Murphy. It appears. So everybody should watch out for that, I guess, that Netflix is not going to aggressively campaign for The Irishman, as we have seen. They're going to aggressively campaign for Eddie Murphy for that, I feel like. For lead Wait, actor. are you sure, or is that just the Hollywood Reporter's choice to put that up there? I don't know. I haven't seen major campaigning for anything yet. I, I guess, know. like, Adam Driver is also going to be the person who's going to be up for best lead. Oh, can we talk about how, uh, well, that's, um, we'll see what, which people are nominated in the drama category, which he was, this one's musical or comedy, but, uh, the big, another big omission, I don't know if they would have put uncut gems in drama or, or musical or comedy, but, like, Adam Sandler was not nominated for a Golden Globe, which is surprising for uncut gems, because he's been nominated and winning some, winning a lot of things. I think he's gonna get nominated. I hope for I'm best actor at the Oscars. Dying to see I would that love movie. to see that. Yeah, no, that's the movie that I'm most excited for. We should make a plan and all go see it. Honestly, 
Is it playing already? I feel like it's probably already playing in New York. Uh, I think it comes out December 13th, but it might already be at the Angelica. Everything's always already at the Angelica. We love to see it. Nope, it's not there yet. Why won't it just search on my computer? Oh, it's not even gonna be. Oh, no! Wait, oh. It's gonna be at the 12th. Where? Um, AMC Lincoln Square. Yo, we should go on the way home from the hospital. <laughs> that would be very ballsy. <laughs> but I feel like you kind of have to see it in New York. <laughs> like, we're literally, like, leaving Staten Island and then and going we can go like through Brooklyn. the... Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it, dude. I'm down. We deserve it after our hard work that we're going to be doing. Yeah, wow. Also, Scott Rudin produced it, so who knows? Who I'm so knows? I really, really loved their last film, Good Time. Like, I really loved it. And I'm all for Adam Sandler in more dramatic or serious roles or meaty roles. Like, I I get that he makes some shit movies, but, like, I love him in Punch Drunk Love. I thought he was great in the 9-11 uh, movie and uh, Spanglish. I love him in Spanglish. Like, I, he's very, he's so talented, and I'm just, I'm so pumped. Like, that might end up being one of my top five of the year, honestly. This is a very relevant film. So yeah. think about this. This is Adam Sandler. The most like bankable stupid Jew ever. Not like not like saying that in a bad way, but like that is like his archetype. Like I'm not saying like he's a stupid Jew. Like I'm Jewish. I'm just saying he's like playing an archetype. And like there's a lot of people who have played the stupid Jew archetype. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy I have funny friends. I would be so bored. And also like it is a comedic archetype. I feel like because Jews are smart kind of and write a lot of these <laughs> jokes. So, like, it is kind of funny when you put Adam Sandler into these things. Wait, if you die before me, I'm putting Jews are smart, kind of, on your <laughs> But that's, like, that's legit, like, all their, like, Jews are just known for reading and, like, doing math <laughs> and getting persecuted. <laughs> wow. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, but, so, it's him who's just, like, been the most bankable person of all time, basically. Then Adina Menzel coming off of Frozen 2. It's cool that she's in this. And then Lakeith Sandfield coming off of everything. Jordan's Knives out. boyfriend, basically. Basically. And he then Kevin it. Garnett just playing, like, a relevant period piece, like, himself character. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go. Yeah, I'm go. so excited. It's gonna be fucking good. I'm excited. Mike Francesa playing himself. <laughs> That gives me goosebumps when Mike Francesa says that line in the trailer. Wait, who is he? Uh, he's the sports talk guy. Who's oh, <laughs> on WFAN and just like shits on like oh gosh, sad I... white dudes who call off the station and they're just wow. like, Mike, I, I think the Yankees, I think the Yankees should really, really make a play at like uh, getting rid of Alex Rodriguez. Like, that is so weird. My dad he's... used to make me listen to that with him yeah. all the time. And then he'd be like, you're a fool. You're a fucking fool. You, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh you, you know nothing God. about sports. You should just go back to your mom's basement. Go back to your mom's basement. I know, you, I know you're living in your mom's basement. Like, he says stuff that, like, makes you feel like that. Like, he doesn't go on a limb and say that. But he's just like, you know nothing about sports. Like, why, why are you calling me? You say you're a fan of me? Like, stop. You shame me. You're shaming me. So it's good that he's in there. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I'm, that's one that I'm really pumped to see him. I'm also really excited to see Bombshell, but I've heard it's not 
I've heard very horrific things. I about heard it's not that good, but I love Charlize Theron. Like anything she ever does, I think she's phenomenal. So I'm excited for that. But I think the, I think the last one that I'm like really dying to see is Uncut Jams. Yeah. We're on to best performance by an actress in a motion picture, musical, or comedy. Surprisingly enough, no Taylor Swift. Very odd. She's in Cats, and she's not. <laughs> she's not here. But okay, oh <laughs> we'll God. continue. Um, Aquafina in The Farewell. Kate Blanchett in Where'd You Go, Bernadette, which was kind of panned by critics, but, but somehow made it through. I love that movie. Uh, Ana de Armas. For Knives Out, Beanie Feldstein for Booksmart. Still have not seen because my friends went and saw it without me. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, and Emma Thompson for Late Night. What a weird category. Very uh, weird. This is like people voting who have obviously not seen every film this year, but it is nice that Beanie Feldstein got in for Booksmart because I heard she's amazing. Aquafina should win. Duh. Yep. Like, we'll I mean, on. I loved Where You Go, Bernadette, and Kate Blanchett is always, like, perfect, but that's not, like, what we need this year. Like, I think we need Aquafina to win. Feels about right. Yeah. All right, we'll move on. <laughs> Up next, best performance by an actor in a motion picture drama. Christian Bale for Ford versus Ferrari, a movie I have no interest in seeing whatsoever. Neither, but I will. Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory. Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price playing one of the popes, presumably. What even is the two popes? I thought, I, when people kept saying that, I thought they were talking about the Jude Law show from HBO. No, he's just one of three popes. What is this? What is the He's the popes? young one. I, I don't really know. I don't really want to talk about it either, because it sounds lame as hell. It sounds like some King's Speech stuff. Like, so we'll, we'll it's going to end it. up like, winning for no reason. <laughs> Please, no. Um, Unless it's good. I, I don't, honestly, I don't know anything about it, so it might be amazing. I have no idea. Well, we could talk about what we do know, which is the showdown of Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix, which unless they insert some color into the Academy voting for the Oscars, that's probably going to be our best actor race. Yeah, I love Joaquin Phoenix, and I have for, like, ever, but in this... Like, if you're going to have to go with white guys, these are, like, the two extremes of white guys, like, bad father white guy and psychopath white guy. He's not a bad... You think he was a bad no, father? No, I don't think he was a bad father. I think he was, like, a good father. I was well, about to he throw tried. down. I was about to kick you No, no, no. I mean, like... We can talk about Marriage Story, but I... No, I mean, I like I said, I love Joaquin. He consistently does amazing work, interesting performances. He picks unique films with really strong characters, great storytelling, and he deserves it. But for this particular movie, like, I want... I, I, for these particular movies, like, for me, Adam Driver, like, that, that performance was so powerful. I loved it, and I really hope he gets it. Although people are saying Antonio Banderas is amazing. I keep hearing that. Yeah, I keep so hearing maybe so he is gonna that. win. He might steal it. Yeah. Maybe. He is a great actor, and, like, he has won the hearts and minds of children in our country by being Puss in Boots. You know what? Remember that movie that came out last year that was, like, terrible, um, and everyone made fun of it with him and Oscar Isaac and Olivia Wilde? 
Like, was it called Life Itself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Antonio Banderas. I think Brendan loves that movie. Does he? He, aw, I need to talk to him about it. <laughs> but, um, I didn't mind it. It was fine. But, um, Antonio Banderas was great in it. Like, he elevated it. His part of the movie, when it shifts over into, like, his world, he was phenomenal. So, I, I would like to see Pain and Glory. Same. It's not the top of my list, but I definitely will seek it out at some point. Same. I do like to watch foreign films in theater if I can just because I get very distracted when I'm at home and it is nice to know that I'm just going to be staring at the screen and reading the subtitles yeah alright best performance by an actress in a motion picture drama Cynthia Erivo Harriet playing the titular Harriet Scarlett Johansson in Marriage Story. Saoirse Ronan, Little Women. First nomination for Little Women we've talked about today. Charlize Theron for Bombshell. And Renee Zellweger, Judy. We saw wow. Judy together. What a, what, a, what a race this year. Yeah, I mean... This I is actually loved... very tight. This looks like the best race. Uh, yes, I loved Judy. I thought she was amazing, but I want Scarlett Johansson to win. Yeah. Although I'm all for Renee Zellweger's comeback. Like, she's had a weird time in, in the press and the media and stuff. And, like, she's... I listened to an interview with her recently, and she is the most, like, normal, chill, like, Texas girl ever. You would never know that she's, like, won an Oscar and had all this, like, success. And then, you know, she's been, like, beat up for her looks so much and everything, and... She was really able to channel Judy in the role. Like, it, she does deserve it as well. But I just, there's something about a Scarlet and Adam in Marriage Story that I really, I really love, so. I feel like, if anything, Scarlett Johansson wins some awards this year because she gets rewarded for JoJo and Marriage Story. But they're going to reward her through Marriage Story for what she did in JoJo, which is very amazing. Yeah. And comedically one of the best performances that's just, like the straight person in that film she, i didn't watch it yet <laughs> yeah but I decided to watch it no like it's 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 a pretty wild film if you haven't seen jojo rabbit i highly recommend it um on, wait was that not nominated for screenplay wow jojo rabbit was not nominated for screenplay which is kind of interesting <laughs> guess people don't like the anti-nazi movie People are pro-Nazi. Very much so. Now it is time for what you've all been waiting for. We're getting to the end of our podcast. It is time for the best motion picture, musical, or comedy. Dolomite is my name. You could watch that on Netflix right now if you want to. Jojo Rabbit. Knives Out in theaters right now. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And Rocket Man. Very interesting. Did you expect this? Uh, I, I just don't care about anything except Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Also, how is Booksmart not in here? Wasn't that the funniest comedy? Didn't everybody agree that was the best that comedy? That's really a good point. It should be in there. And also, Rocket... Was is, anything funny in this? Like, Rocket Man... <laughs> Jojo is, Rabbit. Rocket Man is definitely a, a musical, but uh, I wouldn't call Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a comedy. It's very funny, though. I mean, it's, for me, I probably laugh the hardest of that, of anything. I'd say it's a comedy. I don't think it is. I, I would say it's like a dramedy. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like. I think it relies on the release. 
more so than it does like okay because like i'd say the irishman you're definitely relying on like oh wow my heart is getting ripped out but like in once upon a time in hollywood i feel like there was still that like you wanted them to be heroes yeah wait you didn't you didn't see knives out no not yet i I want to see it with brendan yeah i thought he saw it with Haley. did he he said he was, well, he told me he was going to. Like Maybe we're all waiting to see it with Haley, and that's, like, the narrative right now. Um, Haley, can you call us, please? We're waiting for you. All right. <laughs> Get over here. So, I'm going to say my pick is Jojo Rabbit. That's who I would pick, but you're going to say it's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, probably, and I think that's probably a fair assessment that's of what, I'm gonna say. what the foreign press is going to vote for. Please. Although, Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi, an up-and-coming... Legend. I, he's he's amazing. Yes. I love his vision for Troy. Oh, Troy. What is that called? Oh my god, I just blanked. Thor. Another four-letter word. Thor. <laughs> I said, see, I have Brad Pitt on the brain. And now, the one we've all been waiting for. Best motion picture drama. 1917. The Irishman, Joker, Marriage Story, and The Two Popes. Wow. (laughs) This is very, very... You're, like, cracking me up today. (laughs) You guys... It's, it's like, kind of absurd, though, guys. Like... This is, like, bad. No, it's not. My vote is the Irishman. (laughs) But, like, why? Like, why why does the Joker have to be there? Why does the two popes that, like, nobody has seen, why does that even have to be in our conversation? Isn't there always, like, one movie, though, that, like, people don't really care that much about, but the Hollywood Farm Press is obsessed with? Like, I don't know what's going on over there. I don't know either. And also, like, 1917, nobody's seen. It's all these movies that nobody's seen when there's, like, great directors and... Yeah, there have been there have been a lot of great films that came out this year that just are not getting any love. I'm fine if Marriage Story wins, but it should be The Irishman in this in this category for what's nominated. Like I just The Irishman all the way. Oh, I think it's gonna be The Irishman. Please in God. Here. I mean, last year Bohemian Rhapsody won in in uh, the musical or comedy category. So like, who knows what the fuck they're gonna do. Conceivably, it could be Jojo Rabbit and The Irishman. I hope it's Hollywood and Irishman. But it could be Marriage Story. No, it's not going to be Marriage Story. It could be. Unless people are like, this is what American cinema is, is like a nice drama. Well, I I just love Noah Baumbach. Like, I love, I thought his last film, uh, what was it called? Meyerwood Stories. That's the other movie that Adam Sandler was phenomenal in. Oh my God. Did you see that? You ever watch that? Uh, no. That was so, that was one of my tops of, of that year. It was so amazing. I just, I think he really, he really represents everyday family life and relationships in a way that feels very honest to me. And I would be happy with Marriage Story winning, but to me, it's not like anything could beat the Irishman, so. Huh. So. Wait, why don't we talk, so now that we're done with the nominations, why don't we talk, because I haven't heard your views on Marriage Story. Uh, yeah, guys, I guess we'll get into talking about some, sorry, I'm getting very distracted right now trying to find my schedule out for the future, but that's not what I should be doing right now. Um, be present. Be present. No, I'm here, I'm here for the people. I'm here for the people. Yeah. Um, what day is it today? (laughs) Tuesday. 
Tuesday. Nice. Um, all right. So, marriage story. Wow. I'm a big Noah Baumbach fan in general in the past. So, that's, like, my take on marriage stories. Like, that was probably the best Noah Baumbach film and the most Noah Baumbach film and the most complete Noah Baumbach film. And, like, I think, if anything, he definitely deserves to, like, have the momentum right now and, like this is, like, the best thing that he could have made, and I think it's a very present thing, and I think it's a very relevant thing, and it's a very, like, apolitical thing in a year that people really don't want to talk about politics anymore. Yeah. Um, That's an interesting thought. I haven't thought about it like that. Also, uh, the performances are just the best performances. Like, the comedic performances by the side characters just are so phenomenal that, like, they make you ready for all of the emotional burden that you're going to take from... Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. You know what I love? The movie in within the movie. The movie of the three lawyers. <laughs> like, that could have been its whole own thing. That was a very compelling story to me. Because I don't know anything about... I mean, I don't really know that much about the ins and outs of divorce. Like, yes, I knew that law- lawyers can be sharks. And they can be, like, you know, taking the smallest thing and blowing it up into an entire story about how this person is an unfit mother like I've heard things like that but the way that this movie really broke it down I found fascinating like I was very curious to see how it was all going to pan out and the the vibe of like you know that how they weren't this like nasty couple that was like eating each other alive at the beginning they were just like they were divorcing like it was very civil and you know he kept insisting like no she's not a bitch she's not this she's not that and then they would see each other in person during the proceedings and they would still be civil except for that one scene, obviously. But, like, she'd be like, yeah, well, you know, Nora just feels that this is the best. And it's like, why are you hiding behind this lawyer? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, well, I, I don't know. I guess we can get into, like, were you on, you know, people, so many people are saying, like, oh, it's not about what side you're on. But I think human nature is kind of to try to identify with one person or the other. Did you feel more connected to her or him and which one did you feel was more in the right or the wrong oh i definitely thought they were both in the wrong in a lot of ways and i think noah Baumbach did that purposely to make them like seem as though they were very bad people at multiple times mm-hmm. um and kind of show like what divorce brings out of you and kind of like what the end of a relationship brings out of you But, like, I was talking, we talked at the beginning of this aspect, this segment of our interview, like, I definitely felt like I was more the Scarlett Johansson type, where I'm like, yeah, like, I am definitely a quiet person in relationships who kind of goes along with things for a very long time, and then, like, all of a sudden, like, when I eventually do say what I feel, then it's like, sometimes people aren't ready for me to say what I feel because they're used to me not saying anything for a very long time or it's like oh why are you talking now kind of Mm -hmm. and I feel like that has always been present in my relationships kind of and like in my life in general just as like a people pleaser it's like a lot of times I let things get swept under the rug for a very long time and then people just assume that I've been okay with them for a very long time just because I don't say things so could you see yourself possibly being in a marriage where it's not what you really wanted for your life, but because you love the person, you're kind of antiquated into their situation. And it's not a horrible life. You definitely enjoy it, but it's not everything you wanted for yourself. 
Uh, yeah, like, I, I think it definitely depends on the situation, and I think, like, being very aware of your own needs allows you to not get put in a situation that isn't, like, for your needs, mm -hmm. I guess. And, like, when it comes down to it, a lot of stuff is just determined by children, which, like, you try to control as much as you can, but, like, if you're in a heterosexual relationship like sometimes that comes up <laughs> and yeah. like you just have to deal with it and I think that like forces a lot of people to just be like well we're kind of in this together and we're gonna see where this goes or we are going to like make our lives a living hell to like get out of this mistake that we made <laughs> which is just like so tough both ways so it's almost like I think our generation is gonna be more aware I think of like the downfalls of relationships and like maybe we are going to just commit less and be miserable and single longer in general mm -hmm. but yeah it kind of when I walked out of there I kind of didn't want to get married like Brendan and I were walking out of the <laughs> like we were walking out of the theater like with our like eyes wide like and it, it's like both of us we just have all this, these thoughts going through our mind of like do we ever do we ever do this or should we not, <laughs> you know? And, and But I will say one thing I just want to note is that, you know, even though we knew it was coming to Netflix in a few weeks, we did go see it a few weeks ago at the Paris Theater. Because for anybody that doesn't know, the Paris is like a New York institution. It's right across from the Plaza Hotel. It's, it's one of the most, you know, historical landmarks for, for New York film. And it was closing, you know, it, it was announced that they were going to have to close, and it was devastating, you know, I, I was heartbroken when the Ziegfeld closed, I, I hated that the landmark Sunshine Cinema closed, I'm terrified of the Angelica closing, or the IFC Center, or Film Forum, or Village Cinema East, like, all these places that, you know, I've had some of the best nights of my life in seeing some of the best films ever made, and I just, you know, would have been so heartbroken to see the Paris go, so Netflix paid for Marriage Story to run in the Paris for, I'm not sure how long exactly, and then they decided to just pay for it indefinitely, so now it's just going to stay open thanks to Netflix, and I really appreciate that, and I'm really happy that they made that decision and that they went ahead and did that, and so Brandon and I went out of our way, and we really went out of our way because, like, we had stuff to do that day, too, and it ended up taking, like, the whole day just to see it because of like traffic and other stuff that was going on but like at the end of the day we still felt like it was 100% worth it to like make sure that we found a day to carve out and go see it and support it and make sure that we were kind of like voting by buying tickets that we still care about seeing you know great films on the big screen in you know a classic New York movie house and not just waiting for Netflix and even though I'm thrilled that like it's on Netflix now because the day it premiered on Netflix as soon as I got home I turned it right on you know I'm so happy about that but like I think if you can, if you have the means to see these movies in the cinema, they should be seen on the big screen, and it's just, it's just such a lovely experience going to see it with a bunch of strangers and all experiencing it at the same time and feeling those emotions together, but also separately. Like, I love it. I just love it, and I hope people will keep doing that, and that's my, I'll get off my soapbox. I also agree that you should watch films on the biggest screen possible, 
And that's why during Black Friday, my roommates and I got a 60-inch TV. It's rad. I love it. I'm watching it at this very moment. We have Irishmen on mute, and it's phenomenal. And it's 4K. Um, I highly recommend people next Black Friday give in to the capitalist machine and get your cheap-ass TV. Um, Mood. Because you need to value filmmakers more than the backs of the American working class. Because How many that's what inches? Cinema is all about stomping on the working class to make great art. Um, what? <laughs> How many inches is it? I thought it was 60 or 65 or something like that. Yeah, I think it's 65. Cool. Um, yeah, so it is basically like a mini theater, kind of. It's definitely like big enough to watch a movie and like Paul Thomas Anderson wouldn't be mad at me. Eh, I mean, it's about the same size as the screen at... The quad cinema. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, no shade quad cinema. I actually love the quad. No shade at all. But anyway. Well, I guess that about wraps up our Golden Globes conversation, right? Yeah. I feel like we could touch on some other films, like, next time around, but... Yeah. Is there anything you wanted to touch on? Uh, no. I mean, I think I'm... I think I've stated my loyalties and where they lie <laughs> I'll be very intrigued to see in the coming weeks uh, how the narratives change we'll be getting uncut gems in a week um, we'll be getting some other films that 1917 cool yeah whatever I think the best films have already come out so you guys should go out and see them before they're out of the theaters do it also Netflix has a lot of stuff Highly recommend the Game Changers documentary. Um, also, I want to watch American Factory, which is on Netflix, and it's apparently getting very good reviews. Hmm. All right, let's do it. That's been Movie Cinema Film. Thank you for listening. I've been Jordan Freed. I have been and will continue to be Leah Russo. Get home safe, y'all, if you're driving. <laughs> This is a low-energy finish. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. It sounds like it's 10 p.m., but it's only 7 (laughs) p.m. We're going to go to sleep.